um, that plugging, picking up trash while jogging, could actually become something a lot more fun, which became a dance party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So is plugging the is that the Swedish activity? Is it that is. what it's called? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't explain that. Yes, and if you've ever tried plugging, it's not great for picking up trash, and it's not great for jogging. So we're we're really struggling <laughs> with <laughs> bringing our friends there. <laughs> Sarah Fye is proud to support the Wasteless Podcast. Sarah Fye is the Brooklyn-based experiential events center, inviting you to experience a fully immersive environment, including 360-degree visuals, a resonating sound floor, and the one-of-a-kind chakra-aligning elixir bar and lounge. Book Sarah Fye for an event, recording session, or a free consultation, and join Sarah Fye for live shows. S-E-R-A-P-H-I.org and Sarah social on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Welcome to the Wasteless Podcast. Our podcast spotlights people and organizations in the zero waste, sustainability, and grassroots activism worlds. Our mission is to share these people's stories, create connections and opportunities, and have a blast while doing that. Wasteless is a nonprofit that works with young people and their communities to plan and implement sustainability projects. We envision a world where there is no waste and people are happy to live on our planet. We're here to get to the heart of the issue, be intellectually on point, and of course, have fun. Our first guest is Literally. We have a team of three people. We have Lauren Wood, Alexa Gantud, and Victorian Moyer. Welcome to the show. Tell me a little bit about what Literally is and how you met and how you got started. Cool. Um, so Literally is a trash pickup dance party experience. And we currently operate here in New York City, but we are working to implement global expansion so that we can spread Literally love all over the world. And essentially Literally takes a positive approach to our global waste crisis, where we bring people together to have fun and dance and build community while also taking action around this big waste issue that can often seem so daunting. In terms of how we met, uh, the three of us kind of run around in the same circle, but we're all brought together by passions for the environment and essentially we were hosting, Alexa and I actually, were hosting a plogging event um, in Bushwick and Victorian came with his little speaker and we had a bunch of fun and we realized um, that plogging, picking up trash while jogging, could actually become something a lot more fun, which became a dance party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So is plogging the, is that the Swedish activity? Is it that is. what it's called? Sorry, I didn't, I didn't explain that. Yes. And... If you've ever tried plugging, it's not great for picking up trash and it's not great for jogging. So we're, we're really struggling with <laughs> bringing our friends there. <laughs> Luckily, Victorian came and just brought the fire and gave it a whole other twist. So when plugging failed, music made the difference. Exactly. I wonder if something called pliking exists because I started picking up trash when I was hiking on trails. <laughs> Amazing. Well, you can you can start your own phenomenon, and, and you can add music to it. So. Yeah, yeah, we could go pliking, but maybe other hikers wouldn't be too happy to have booming music in the woods. So. Sure. 
silent rave party with headphones. Yeah. Love it. Wonderful. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourselves outside, how you got interested in taking care of our planet, the environment, the work you do? Hi, well, I will start. Um, I'm Victorian. Um, I am a music producer and a DJ, and I travel many, many places and see the situation of the trash and the environment that we are in. And so I was always looking for ways to use music to raise awareness. When we met, it seemed so obvious for me to use music and throw trash pickup dance parties at the same time, like just makes so much sense. And uh, yeah, felt very aligned with what I wanted to do. Awesome. And what are some of the places that you've seen in your journey into becoming a trash pickup music DJ that have really <laughs> left an impression on you? Uh, well, recently I was in India and definitely uh, there's a trash situation there. The government is start, starting to act uh, for it, but um, soon I'm going to Pakistan and I was there recently as well. There's a lot of trash there as well. Uh, I mean, pretty much everywhere in Peru. Um, yeah, every place is. is There's trash trashed. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some places it's just not buried as well. Yeah. Awesome. Wonderful. I'm Alexa. I am a brand and communication strategist. So my background is in something that's a bit of a merge between business and design, and I help brands figure out how to best approach environmental issues in a way that's relevant to their spe specific and particular audience. And I've done that in different capacities. I was working at Partly for the Oceans for a while, which is an organization that brings together different stakeholders. And now I'm doing my own consulting practice and literally. Awesome. So who are some of the future clients you see yourself working with? So I'm interested in businesses that are just starting, just because I think it's easier to integrate environmental work into a brand that's still figuring out what their values are, what their approach is, because then you can begin to integrate sustainability as a core part of the business instead of like a strategy that you're adding on. I've seen time and time again that companies that are working with CSR strategies end up just trying to like plug something in but no one in the team is responding so like if you're not thinking about the environment from PR to media strategy to even content creation and, and at a corporate suite level then you're actually not integrating it and just feeding into the same system over and over again so it's really interesting to me to work with young brands that are starting out figuring it out and super open to changing the status quo of how things are uh, my name is Lauren, and for the past almost 10 years now, I've been working in marketing at various startup companies. So at the moment, and for the past four years, I've been working at a real estate technology startup, I guess you could call it still, um, called Compass. And there I manage a team of strategists that help thousands of small businesses, our real estate agents, grow their businesses through marketing. Um, and outside of that, I have a number of different passion projects. So I've really found that having something outside of my corporate job, something that's connected to my passions and my purpose really is fulfilling and helps me grow and be a better person in every aspect of my life. 
Um, so before starting Literally, and I still work with this organization, um, I've been working as the director of strategic partnerships for an organization called Pangea Seed, and we paint murals around the world for ocean conservation. So we'll do about five to six festivals every year where we'll bring the top street artists to the table to illustrate what's happening in that location. Um, and so through that, I've really found my calling, I think, in environmentalism and communicating a message through channels that people are connected to in their daily lives outside of environmentalism, but enticing them to be a part of this environmental conversation through a channel like art. Um, and something that is really engaging. Do you ever see literally making sculptures or artistic projects out of the trash that's picked up? A hundred percent. I mean, literally is a at the moment it is a it is a dance party, and we use music. But I think we're very open to exploring different art forms and how we engage people in having this conversation and, and taking action, which is such a important component to the literally model is that you actually do something in in that activation um so yeah we're, we're not sure what that looks like yet but definitely open to it there's something really impactful about actually getting your hands dirty and cleaning up the trash in a way that talking about it just won't do i mean when i was hiking trails i trained my eyes to see trash in very strange places and when i'd hike the same trail again i'd know i was there because that trash wasn't crammed under a rock beneath a tree and like with trash on the street, you can't unsee it once you've actually picked it up. Mm -hmm. Same with cigarettes, which is part of the uh, cigarette art project that I'm starting. And we're really creating not only awareness about cigarette waste, but creating a way to recycle cigarettes in mass when they're put together. So it is so perfect that we met. A hundred percent. And I think it's been so great. Um, you coming to the past few literalities and really having the attendees focus in on the number of cigarette butts that exist. Um, it's really eye-opening to see them all in one container instead of split amongst the many bags. Um, yeah, so thank you for that. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. You're welcome. And it, like even yesterday when we were cleaning up, you know, we had around half of the amount that we collected last time, and I was thinking, oh, gee, where are we going to find the rest? And then we stopped right by this grate right in front of Arcadia Earth, who was hosting the event, and there were 10 people picking up cigarettes all at the same time to the sound of music and people dancing underneath this construction awning, and it was magical. <laughs> And we basically doubled the amount of cigarettes in the container in five minutes. It was crazy how many cigarette butts were in that grate. I know. I was telling Vic and Lauren last night that it became such a meditative experience. Like once you got into it and you just like kept going and going and going, like just went into the zone and like insane. <laughs> it's not quite an exercise high. It's not quite a runner's high. We could call it a trash picker upper's high. <laughs> And I guess the one thing to think about, you know, I didn't really know how powerful and potent secondhand smoke was until the very first literally I attended back at the beginning of the month when I was holding this plastic 35-ounce pretzel container from Costco in my hand with the lid open, and it was half filled with cigarettes, and it weighs about seven pounds, and here I am trying to not inhale the fumes, but inhaling the fumes. And thankfully, the second time I brought a gas mask, so we, we, all, we all learned somehow.
you guys are off to a great start. What was the first literally like? How have you grown and how do you see it scaling even further as you go out and conquer the world? So the first literally was actually pretty successful. We, we were very surprised by how many attendees we had from the very start. People were very excited by the idea and I think that has to do with that it sounds so wacky and wild and it's very unexpected and I think people are really attracted to that kind of energy especially when you're pouring so much positivity and love into it it's hard not to be excited by that so from the very beginning it has attracted a very strong community and it's been incredible to see how people who have returned over and over again and started creating bonds amongst each other and I think that's one of the most fascinating things. It's the way that embodied experiences really bring people together. And we hope that as we scale, we're, we're able to retain that sense of community and we are able to bring people together in ways that will enable them to collaborate and empower them to start their own things and continue to spread this mission further, even beyond the single event. Um, the whole idea with Literally is we know that we're not going to clean up the world we're just making a tiny little dent in whatever <laughs> however big the waste global waste crisis is however i think there is so much power in spreading this and beginning to shift the conversation in a way that begins to shift the culture at the end of the day and begins to shift the paradigm of how we interact with waste and how we interact with each other around waste and Hopefully that will that is what will begin to create a change that's powerful and meaningful. There's contagious positivity, there's mm -hmm. fun, there's interacting with people sitting and eating outside and I don't know the guy who was holding the microphone said you better pick up the cigarette butt. <laughs> 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 and the person did because why not when that energy is so contagious. Mm -hmm. It makes me think though, you know, we have the literally, we're all very pumped up, and then we kind of go back to regular life. And this actually happened to me on the train going back from the first literally. I was on the train with my waistless shirt on and my cigarette container in my hands. And I saw this gentleman who was literally drinking cans of beer and tossing them under the chair on the train. And what I've done in the past when someone's done that is I've had a hiking pole and I've actually reached underneath the chair and grabbed the trash. But this time I was actually unsuccessful. My foot couldn't quite reach. So the guy was sitting across from these two Norwegian guys with mohawks who kind of look like the chess player of Magnus Carlsen, funnily enough. And they... It's funny, they were looking at my shirt and kind of looking at my effort to pick up the trash and they were kind of laughing at me. And I was upset by that. And I asked the guy, who probably had had many, much more than two drinks at that point, he looked pretty sloshed, um, if he would pick up the trash. And he said, well, he didn't say anything, but he turned his head and he said, Shh. and uh, all I said to them as I got off the train was, hey, you're, you're tolerating this. And I think there's something to be said about the energy that we approach this with in our everyday lives. You know, it's a lot of there's a lot of power with having 25 people at your side dancing and singing along and asking people to pick up trash. How do you see that integration happening on a personal level? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 
What we're really trying to create here is this cultural shift um, where it's not, I mean, let me take a step back. I think the way that most people today relate to trash or sustainability or the environment as a whole is that it's kind of something that the environmentalists should deal with and it's not really something that we are responsible for. There are other people or entities that are responsible for cleaning up this environmental mess um, if we are even willing to acknowledge that there is an environmental mess. Um, and I think, I mean, that's why there is so much trash on the streets, right? That's why, especially when we go to like lower income places, there's so much trash on the streets and people are just like not responsible for it. And what we are really trying to create here is one, a sense of community around it where we are holding ourselves accountable to this. Um, but we're also making it like cool. Like if we can break through the threshold of going from this is not my responsibility to I want to be involved because I'm enticed to be a part of this, whether it is, you know, depend like it could be anything. Right. But I just I want to be a part of this movement. Great. That's that's the whole point. And love and positivity draw people inward rather than push them away. Right. Yeah. You're creating an opportunity for them. Mm hmm. People want to sing and dance and meet people and network and what have you. And I guess that positive energy is really important because I had some other, I guess, victories in this space mm -hmm. afterwards. Someone dropped one of those green and white single pass metro cards. It was on the chair. He dropped it on the ground. I said, give it to me. I'll toss it. And he did that. And the other one I'm strangely not remembering right now. <laughs> but I think what you hinted at with lower income communities is really, really important because a huge gap and a huge opportunity in this space is working with communities that are predominantly communities of color. So how do you see literally making a move into that space? Well, I mean, one thing we know is that music is something that is universal. Art is something that is universal. Um, and our goal here is 100% to make literally something that is accessible to everyone all over the world and we all want community we all want to have fun and we all want to live in an environment that is conducive to us actually living a, a beautiful and healthy life and so that is that is what we're set out to do we're at the moment not totally sure what that looks like we're in the process of planning that at the moment but this is not a success if it is something that privileged people experience only um, it's only a success if this is something where anybody can have a literally and host a literally and create an experience that is applicable to their community. Yeah. I love it because in the long run, the vision for Wasteless is the same thing. You know, I could go into a school and I could have students come up with a project in coordination with their teachers and it'd be safe and it'd be fun and it lasts for a day. But for it to work, it really needs to scale, to train educators to deliver it themselves. Mm -hmm. Do you think that looks like a, here, this is your own literally template? Um, of sorts. I mean, we've been looking a lot at the TED model um, in terms of an organization that has enabled community and conversation to happen at large scales. Um, but yeah, we're not totally sure what it looks like yet where we just kind of came off of this like 
eight events in New York thing. Um, and now we're putting plans in place and speaking to advisors and um, essentially just doing as much research as possible to understand how can we create a very strong, engaged global community in the most effective way. Wow. I mean, Vic, you have in your experience that music is universal. How do you see that music's really going to make a difference in scaling this and making sure the message kind of lands with everyone on a global level? Well, music is one of the most primal thing of being humans, right? And dancing too. So I saw it everywhere I go, like it connects. Like I I go to these villages in, in Pakistan and um, recently I was the first white person to ever visit these villages. And so we cannot communicate to one another, but through the music, we definitely connect. And the, the ability of music to be adapted, we can adapt the music to each places as well. And uh, it allows, as Lauren said, to have the community use their own music for their own events. And so music is just the mo one of the most powerful language that we have. And so it makes complete sense to tie it up to trash and change the perspective that we have on trash through music. Hmm. So you're building community, you're building connections on a global level. What do you think is going to make a big difference on the policy and law level that will have this become standardized? Do you envision yourselves playing like the Sunrise Movement right in front of Capitol Hill? So the way that we've thought about it, um, we are not, none of us are American, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Maybe not Capitol Hill then. So, um, yeah, yeah, just to state that. But the way that we have been seeing literally one of the many levels in which we've been experiencing it is almost as a piece of art as activism. So through creating a culture within our communities and spreading that globally, we hope to empower others to take that action. We don't necessarily see literally as a political organization, but hopefully we're giving people the space and the platform to take their own action. And if that means policy, that's incredible. If that means business, that's incredible. If that's on an individual level, that's also impactful. We believe that environmentalism is something that it's like you're not an environmentalist or you're not like people care about the environment and they want to do things and what we want to provide is a platform for people to feel like yes i can do things and there's other people that want to do things with me and i think that's the exciting thing um at the moment we don't really see ourselves as getting into any policies that might change so you're more art artivistic right now. Art artivistic for the moment and really focused on changing the culture through making statements. Mm -hmm. And I think empowerment is such a huge piece of this, right? I mean, ourselves, like when we started doing this project, we all empowered each other and our community empowered us to continue on this pathway to create this thing. And I mean, when it comes to change around the environment, like large scale change, I think we can all agree that yes, governments mandating change helps, but if the culture doesn't exist, the governmental mandates will fall flat and, and vice versa, right? So it has to be a two-pronged approach. We have to have businesses that are committing to making the change. We, we're really out to empower people to make the changes that they are able to make or that they have the means, means to drive forward. Um, we have a lot of 
people from the Burning Man community that come to Literally at the moment and a lot of people who um, have their own businesses. And so they have the ability to influence others. And we want to empower these people to influence others as much as possible. So essentially the enforcement of law lives in the community and the community needs law to go on and Mm -hmm. you're providing the community. Yeah. Beautiful. So you you said you had eight literally so far. Mm -hmm. What have you kind of learned from numbers one to eight? I think (laughs) the biggest thing that I've learned is that we've, we have a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. <laughs> that, like, the difference between number one and number eight, honestly, isn't that different. Like, we've refined it a little bit, but the essence of what the event is has stayed true. And people respond really well to it. And I think, yeah, just the power of community, like, the amount of support we've received um, from the people around us has been incredible. And- I'd like to add on to that. I think the biggest lesson that I've learned, and I I believe Vic and Lauren were aligned on this, is that when you're doing something that you truly, truly love, just things start start to happen. When you're aligned with your passion and your vision, it's incredible how people react. The way that people have showed up for us while we have been creating this project has been unbelievable like from volunteers that are helping us put together the event to people who are creating content for us and like gifting it to the cause and the project it's something that's just like truly humbling and inspiring Mm -hmm. so i think that that has been by far my biggest takeaway personally yeah 100 percent. and also like in the in the between the first event and the last event i think we also um you know worked a lot on the flow and how things work together and what the first part means to us what the middle part means and what the end part means and how we organize all of this together how we collaborate with volunteers and and the whole team so like it's more like a structural organizational thing that we learn i feel yeah it's like a lot of what I've gotten out of this is I don't have to do this on my own. Otherwise, it just looks like a huge, enormous mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a really beautiful thing, and I encourage anyone who's listening to sign up and attend. How do people become involved with your volunteering team and other things about your organization, too? How do they How do they join you? You can go to literally.com and sign up for our newsletter um that is one way so that we'll send you and we'll send you a notification when we have events happening um in terms of volunteers we have had people reach out to us both people who have attended our events um people who have just reached out to us personally and offer their support um so that's the best way to to get involved to just go on the website if you don't already know us and put in your info and and we'll connect um but yeah, we're always looking for, for people to come on board and support us. I mean, we have really big dreams and a very large vision, and we cannot do it on our own. We definitely need to have as as many hands as possible. Yeah, and we also created um, a Facebook group to invite all the community together and, and to connect and share ideas and, you know, just brainstorm new things. So this group is uh, very active, so we can connect everybody there. Beautiful. You heard it here, literally.com. Facebook group. 
these people are awesome. <laughs> so when you think of literally as a brand, I imagine there being kind of a literally moment and it may happen once from one and eight. It may happen once in each one. What, what do you think is a literally moment? <laughs> We're all pointing at Vic right now because he, he's well, like all about the, the the wow moments. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So for us, the part of the literary experience is to uh, create wow moments, to like surprise people. And this last event that you were at, we suddenly brought everybody in the subway as a big surprise, as a like just a fun activation to do. So we have uh, ideas that we can do of that sort, and we're gonna keep impressing and keep surprising people. Uh, through like music, dancers. I mean, there's there's just endless ideas, and we came up with a very good one yesterday that I won't uh, discuss here. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to go to the next one to find out. But that, that, that's part of it, you know. Don't share our secrets, Victor. Yeah, no, 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 I won't. <laughs> um, and you know, it's like it's it's also very inspired from what the flash mob were doing at the time, and like how we can create experiences that people will remember, capture, and share, and like think that you want to be part of. And I absolutely love it because every literally I've been at, there are literally people, literally, pun intended, <laughs> there are people with their phones right in front of their eyes on the opposite side of, of the street and sometimes in the subway recording you. It's such great publicity. It reminds me a little bit of the climate march that happened recently where I could see folks at the windows of their businesses with their phones pressed up against the edge. Everyone's watching. And we were at the end of the climate march too. We were cleaning the trash that was left behind the march. Um, yeah, I mean, more than publicity, I would say, and that's actually one of my favorite moments with literally the people who see us on the street. <laughs> you see so many people who are like about to be angry by like this mass of people, and then they realize that we're picking up trash, and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> so we get the best smiles or like yeah. stone store owners that will come out and thank us and like all these people who like will randomly join us like that was actually a lesson learned from the beginning we had to start carrying extra gloves and bags because there were people on the street who were just walking by and they were like oh can we join you and we're of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> pleasure yeah i would say like at the last event at least five people joined us yeah we had quite a few yeah it was great. And I think we got dumplings too, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some friends who were in a in an apartment that we were passing by and Vic did a really smart thing and shared his location with them so that they could pop out and they had dumpling gifts for us. Um, that was funny. <laughs> Do you see this being a Facebook lifestyle recording? I guess so, but I, I think really it's a matter of like coming out and experiencing it for yourself. Yeah. Where are the next literalities happening? Well, we're in the process of figuring that out. Do you have something to say, Vic? No, I mean, yeah, you can, you can, we, we, we are definitely in the process of figuring this out, but we're also going to experiment with uh, other ways to throw little valleys. And so I'm mostly myself, but I'm going to bring it uh, wherever I travel right now. So as I say, I'm going to Pakistan. We're going to organize smaller events and see how it goes and test it out. Uh, so I will basically carry the speaker everywhere I go and uh, invite people to join me. Um, and in, the, in that process, during that time, we're also going to build the whole um, idea, build the whole concept. For New York City, we're thinking we're going to come back in April, around that time. And uh, our idea is to launch uh, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and possibly Miami um, before we come back to New York. Sounds beautiful. 
Well, we're kind of thinking about it and like I mentioned earlier, like this TED model where we would have like LA, San Francisco, Miami, this team who's sitting here will launch that. Um, but then as we go to like other places, we want to like, kind of like open source it to a certain extent and have like kind of another level of literality that might not be as high production value, but is still in its essence existing um, and inspiring people. So yeah, exploring what that looks like, but excited to have Vic take it on a tour. Um, also, fun fact, we named our speaker. It's called Sound B. <laughs> she's an essential part of the team. She's, yeah, she's yeah. not here with us today, but you, maybe you, next time. You will hear about us. <laughs> we'll hear about hashtag Sound B coming real yeah. soon. You know it. <laughs> Excellent. So as you expand and go and conquer the world, what are the biggest opportunities and challenges you think you'll run into? Because we th- we'll think we'll run into it, but we don't really know. I think one of the biggest things that comes up is tied back to your question of how do we make this the most accessible thing that it can be? Because obviously, like for the events that we've been throwing in New York, like that is a very high production value. Um, and I, but ideally, we would love for this to be a movement that like anyone can throw literally whenever they want and like continue to expand the movement and the brand in a way that is organic but also reaching everyone everywhere so i I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we foresee Mm -hmm. yeah i think keeping an engaged community can be difficult and that's a big thing we're trying to learn i mean the thing i'm also thinking about a lot is the fact that none of us have ever done this before so it's just like the learning curve in general Mm -hmm. um of what it is yeah Um, and i mean yeah to add on to that like something else that comes up for me is like we have this incredible container and platform where people get to experience this and take action. But I think a lot of our attendees who might be like getting a little more into it might have this moment of like, okay, I've done my literally like what's next? Like what can I keep on contributing to the cause? Because at the end of the day, like that that's what it's about. You know, like we are in a time where the environmental crisis is very, very pressing. It's not something that like we have time to like do and it's not like developing any other business it's tied to something that's like we're reaching a global limit inevitably so um, ideally we can expand this in a way that we can provide and continue to empower people who want to be doing more so i think like that's a really big thing that comes up for me okay like we get people engaged in this place like what's next how how do we keep people um continuing to like envision new ways of living and experiencing in the future in a way that's in harmony with nature and with continuing this positivity i think that's also our largest opportunity as well right and how how we can create the biggest impact like it's totally there like we feel it happening we see people come to our events and walk away with a different mindset and being really inspired to make a change in their life. Um, And so even though it is like one of our largest challenges, it's also one of our largest opportunities because we can make magic happen. (laughs) (laughs) I completely agree. It's it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. As we begin to wrap up, what have each of you learned and taken into your own life as the way you take a look at what's happening on our planet and how you care for it from starting 
and continuing to grow, literally. I'll start. Um, personally, I've never felt so energized by my work. Like the work I'm I'm doing for literally just like excites me completely. And I think knowing that I can approach this environmental issue with that type of excitement where, you know, we are kind of constantly being told on a daily basis, the world is ending. Um, and how from that I can derive a sense of extreme power. Um, that's been a really amazing thing to find in myself. Um, and that's, I mean, why we are also so empowered to continue doing this and empowering other people to do it because finding that there's this darkness and lightness simultaneously, um, and being able to just dive into it headfirst is really quite incredible. It's like the unbearable lightness of being. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with Lauren. And I would say that for me, it has really been about this realization of how there is no separation between ourselves and the earth. And showing love for the earth is at the end of the day, showing love for ourselves. That connection just has so much power and has so many levels and layers to it no matter if you see it from a very tangible visceral perspective like very embodied or in a very like spiritual emotional perspective it just continues to be true and I think the more we dive into this project the more that that becomes evident yeah and someone I heard recently said that self-esteem is esteemable acts. So each kind of way that we're contributing to our planet and we are all part of it and we're giving back to ourselves. Yeah. And, and for me, it's, um, you know, realizing the power of joy. And when you associate something that's trash, that's no one want to really take care of and think of to joy and to one of the best moments of your life, because that's what we get from people that I, I came on Sunday. That was like the best Sunday of my life. When you associate, associate the trash to that most amazing moment, it just shifts your perspective on what trash is. It's like, oh, I can have a great time around trash and take care of it. And so... through music and through like, uh, you know, we have live musicians, we like, there's always something happening and it's so, so joyful. And the, the message we share are like positive message, right? So it's very important. And that's key um, element of literally, right? It's like, we want to be in this uh, light, uh, talking about serious uh, issues and, 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 but, but with a beautiful way of, of, of looking at it. And so, yeah, that's, that's the biggest realization for me. And I think, you know, when we use the word trash, it implies that there's no secondary use for this and we have to throw it away. And that's even a conversation we can totally transform into something else. Part of this podcast is exploring what options there are and really connecting people to what's out there, what's possible and what might be next. Last question. What's your favorite piece of trash that you've ever picked up? Ever. <laughs> I have a piece of art in my bedroom that I picked up on our first ever plog. So it wasn't even part of Literally. This predated Literally. It was a, a, a 
piece of wood that was uh, broken and some artist had painted on it and I have it in my room. So that's my favorite. It's so fitting because you're Lauren Wood. It's great. <laughs> Is that why you guys are laughing right now? <laughs> oh, yep. wow. Yep. Great response. <laughs> <laughs> I can't beat that. <laughs> That's so funny when you started speaking. I was like, what am I going to say? <laughs> um, but I actually thought of something that's related to art as well. And this is goes years, years back. I found this skateboard that was like in the trash, just like lying around. And I was like, this is a really cool piece of trash. And I took it back home and gave it to my brother, who's an artist. And he transformed it for me and laser cut it and like created this like beautiful beautiful piece of work so i would actually have to go for that one for many many reasons but yeah art for the win art for the win yeah um <laughs> i mostly play the music so i don't have time to pick up the trash <laughs> so <laughs> i <laughs> I do, though. I do try as much as possible, but it can get dangerous for me. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, um, yeah, there's all sorts of things. And uh, last time we picked up a wheel. like A, a wheel. Know, yeah. Like, so, you know, it's like it's these very random things in the street. I guess, man, I can think of so many. But my favorite one, I was hiking on a trail in upstate New York, and it was pouring rain. And I walked on the trail, and on a tree stump, I saw a pair of felt Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sweatpants, totally soaked. And I looked to see if there was anything on them that would have me not pick them up. I didn't see anything. I put them in my bag. I washed them off. My favorite pair of sweatpants ever since. <laughs> and so my journey with repurposing garments I found on the streets or recycling them has begun. I mean, the, the runner-up is I found half of a jacket, like split down the middle half of a jacket this has been the wasteless podcast you can find us on facebook on instagram at wasteless underscore inc you can also find us at we are wasteless that's w-e-a-r-e wasteless one word dot com it's kind of like we are farmers but we are wasteless thank you all for being on the wasteless podcast thanks for having us thank you for thank having you so us much. Willie. this is willie so long good night Rock and roll, buckle up for our next episode. <laughs> <laughs>